Hey, I'm Sean and welcome to this week's episode. You know, on the last episode, we spent our time together going through really what's a, a simple gut check I use to help myself and my clients check what might be holding us back from getting what we want. I call it the, the triple A multiplier or the success formula. It's a really simple way of making sure that you have everything in place and you're not working too hard on any one part of your plan, not just in business, but in your whole life. And, and through doing that, leaving out some simple things that you could address that would make it so much easier to get where you're going. So today I want to continue on what's essentially going to become a, a series. And what we're going to do over the next few episodes, we're going to unpack each of the different aspects of that formula that I shared. And today we're digging in on personal achievement. And I just wanted to say right from the outset that if you listen to this podcast today and you feel like there's some background missing and you're like, what, why is Sean not explaining everything? Like, I don't get it. There's something that he's leaving out. It's because there is some backstory missing and you should go back and you should listen to the last episode. I don't want to use this time to do a recap because it's all in there. So just go back, check it out, zoom up one on the list and you'll get caught up to where we are. So in the level of personal achievement, that's the outcome that you get in your business. And in the last session that we went through, I, I referred to it almost as an obvious thing. Like the achievement is part of the equation. It's what you're trying to get out of all the stuff that you do. And at the same time, I think that it's actually one of the areas that people most often have the onset of their challenges start because they might not set the best goals that they can set. And uh, like we've all heard the story of the, the critically acclaimed top performing realtor who accepts the award at their board gala. And you know, she's number one, best in the, in the world, best in the area, whatever. And she walks off stage and she's crying. And someone says like, oh man, are you, you must be crying with joy. Like, I can't believe what you've achieved. And she was actually crying because despite everything, that was going on in that moment for her, she was actually most fixated on the fact that she was about to go bankrupt. And it's actually a true story. Not sure of their name, but I've heard it's true. So I'm gonna keep going on that. This is a true story. This lady walks off stage and she's just pouring her eyes out. And the reality is that to everyone else, she looks like she's at the top of her game. She's doing everything that she could ever imagine and want in her life. And at the same time, the reality is that she's actually broke. And this story is being told so many times, not just in real estate, but in business of all kinds. And so you look at this and you say, well, how did that happen? And there are a million things that probably could have and should have been red flags to that person along the way. And I'm not acting like I'm all high and mighty. In fact, along my path, I've lost so much money. I've invested millions in, in mistakes and, and lessons. And just like her, there should have been better wake-up calls. But a lot of the time, the reason that people end up in these situations, if you pull it back, the root is in the actual goal, the pursuit, the thing that they were chasing. So what I want to do today, I'm going to have a little bit of fun with this. I want to share five reasons that your goals might be stupid. Okay. So here's how we're going to do this. I'm going to work down from five to one with one being the most common stupidest thing that people do. And we're going to jump right into it. So the number five reason that your goal is stupid is that your goal 
is random or ambiguous. I see this all the time. Remember, in my program, I routinely take 60, 70, 100 agents at a time into the boot camps we run and we show them how to get their business set up, how to go out and, and shake trees and, and you know make things happen. And so a lot of the time we ask people what they want in their business. And almost invariably, the answer we get is, I want to earn $100,000. Brand new agent walks into the world of real estate and says, I want to earn $100,000. And you're like, well, Sean, that seems like a pretty good goal. What's wrong with that? Well, there's a lot that's wrong with it. Here's why. First of all, why 100,000? Why not 90,000 or 105,000? Anytime I hear someone say that they want $100,000, I know that they haven't put a lot of thought into it. So the problem with this goal is usually that it's low effort. They haven't actually thought about what it's gonna do for them. So first of all, are they gonna be able to make $100,000? Do they have a plan in place that they know what they need to do? Usually when someone says that, they're like, yeah, I don't know, that sounds great. But then pull back the layers a little bit. Why 100? Is 100 what you want to gross, your total commission, or is it what you want to net after you've paid your expenses and your, your fees and stuff like that? Is, is 100 the amount that it takes to feed your family? Or is there a different amount that you need to bring in in order to make sure that you provide and cover the expenses that you have associated with your lifestyle? So the problem, first of all, is that it's most of the time just a random goal that people think sounds nice. Or maybe they earned $80,000 or $90,000 in their previous job, so they think earning $100,000 in real estate is gonna get them what they want. So here is what you need to do. You need to look at what you need to bring in after all of your business expenses have been paid in order to have enough left that you can pay your taxes and pay for the expenses associated with your life. That is the basis of what a goal looks like. From there, think about what else you want to have for you, your lifestyle, your family, your pursuits, and add those on top. So now you have a baseline of what your goal should be for your business, and you have an aspirational goal that you're reaching for. Okay, so you can come short on the aspirational goal. Maybe you don't get to take the kids to Disneyland, but you better not come short on your bills. And we see all too often that people don't even think about it and then they miss. Next thing I want you to do is I want you to work backwards. Take that goal and figure out what you need to do in order to have transactions and, or commission checks to actually make it happen. Think about how many clients you need to serve and then work backwards from that. I recommend setting goals annually at first. So you, you do a big goal planning session once per year and you chase that goal down all year. And then usually around the point that a realtor gets to about a half a million dollars in gross commissions, I re recommend shifting from annual to quarterly. I think you should set goals quarterly and you should go after it on a quarterly basis. Number four reason that your goal is stupid. You set a goal that you might be able to reach and still be unsuccessful. You set a goal that when you reach it doesn't mean that you've actually been successful in your business. So what do I mean? Well, first of all, we, we touched on the first one. What about the goal that you could reach it, but you might not feed your family? What about wanting to be number one on the board so bad that you spend all the money that you had coming in and you don't leave anything left to pay for taxes? You're forced to declare bankruptcy, like the story that we heard at the beginning of this podcast. What about... If you were to, to say that you wanted to sell a certain number of homes, but somewhere along the way, you started cutting your commission in order to make that happen and you didn't even bring in enough to be building a sustainable business or a business that you were proud of. 
What if you set a goal that you'd sell $1.45 million in commissions, but at the end of the year, you looked at what you actually netted and it was only $65,000. I know someone who did that. So what you need to do is look at the goals that you're setting and ask yourself, is this a goal that actually gets me what I need? Is this a goal that when I reach it, I will be successful in all the aspects that my business serves, not just some topical number that feeds my ego? Okay, the number three reason that your goal is stupid. You have a great goal, but it's only a goal that's designed to serve one thing. You only set goals in serving one area. And this is something that I see all the time. Agents will set a goal and they'll get so focused on that goal that they'll neglect all the other things in their life. So it, you might not be spending time with family. And I see this all the time. I see agents who have a, a fantastic business. Their house is paid. They've got a beautiful car. They've got lavish anything that they want they could afford. I know agents, I could throw a dozen of them at you who have been in this business for decades. They're crushing it. They're top of their game. They're winning in their market. And yet they send their family to Spain without them. They don't go up and spend time at the cottage on the, during the summer. They've got this cottage, they pay for it. They send their partner up with the kids and they stay home and they pack prizes or door knock or do Popeyes. They don't take time to set goals that they live a balanced and full life. So think about the, the reason that you got into business. When you first got in, chances are you didn't get into real estate with the mission of proving that you're the ultimate realtor. Chances are you got in and you just wanted to make enough that it could fund you having the kind of life that you want to live. It wasn't about ego. And then somewhere along the way, your ego got in the way and you stopped worrying about being able to fund for your family and the lifestyle that you want because you had that. And now you needed something else to grow towards. But instead of thinking, how can I live the best damn life that I can live and have fun crushing it at this business? You said, I got to be number one and you just went haywire on this one thing. And all that you do is now focused on growing to the next level, taking more, taking more. And it's sad because I think that the business should be something that's designed to fund your perfect life. Part of that should be having freedom in the way that you use your time, not doing parts of the business that you don't thrive and love to do. So, when you're setting goals for your business, first set your financial goals, but then look at the other aspects of your interaction with the business that you run. What parts of the business do you truly enjoy? What do you feel like you, you thrive when you're doing it? What are you good at? What projects do you want to protect more time so that you can spend them on to better the business? But then step back from it. How about more time away from your business? How about if you really feel that guilty about doing this, you just plan to take more time with your business, but to be working on the business, not in it. You're not driving around serving people. You're working on projects. You're thinking about your business. Don't you think if you spent more time doing that, your business would flourish additionally anyways? But then take it further from that. What about the net revenue? What about your wealth, your personal well-being and health? The, the time that you have completely away from your business to spend with friends and family, your work-life balance, and then you know set goals for fun and adventure and travel. Why not start to think structurally about how you set your business up so that you lead the lifestyle with your business that you want to live? You, you need to set these goals 
in lockstep with the way that you build and care for your business. Otherwise, this this business that you're building, it's going to be a bull where you're tied to the, the heel of it and you're just going to be getting dragged along for the ride. Now, I need to pause and put a huge asterisk here. Sometimes I say this and I have newer agents or agents who are trying to do a significant growth spurt in their business. They hear this and they think, well, I agree. I want to have a business that's fun and I don't do things that aren't fun. And here's the deal, buddy. We all need to shovel some slop sometimes, okay? Everybody who wants to have a huge world has got to go out and make stuff happen. I'm not saying that success is for the lazy or for the people who, who pigeon aside from their responsibilities. You got to do the work. And as your business continues to grow, find ways to grow it in such a way that you move yourself further back from the front lines. You replace yourself with people who are better at that interaction that you might not love doing or that task that you hate. And over time, you build that kind of freedom in that you're doing the things that you're best at. You have lots of balance in your life. You you're able to focus on your health and your energy and the people around you and everything that you're doing. And you're, you're loving it because you're having fun in the time that you are working with your business. It's not an excuse to be lazy. It's an excuse to focus on constant improvement. I'm going to get off my, my soapbox. Okay. Second biggest reason that your goal is stupid is that your short-term goals are not on the trajectory they need to be on to get you to your long-term goals. I see this all the time. An agent will do $100,000 their first year in real estate and they'll set a goal for a million dollars in year two or three million or two million. Well, think about the arc of your business's growth. Now, often in business, and usually for ones that are particularly successful, there is going to be a kind of hockey stick curve to their growth. It's gonna bumble along for a little while and then it's gonna to start to take off. Now, you can plan and expect this to happen if you're taking the time that you have while it's bumbling along and you're setting up systems, you're building foundations, you're building the platform on which your business is gonna grow. So this is possible. But assuming that you're gonna do 100 one year, 100 the next year, and then a million five the year after that might not be the best assumption. So what you need to do is instead of setting goals on an annual basis where you wake up every year and you go, I'm gonna double, because that's usually what people do is they say, well, I wanna double what I did last year. Well. Instead, what you need to do is you need to think about where you want to be in three years. Three years is a really nice time frame because what I've found is that two years is too short because you can't actually do that that much in two years. And five years is a little ambiguous. We don't really know what the world's going to look like in five years. Three years is right around that peripheral zone where you can kind of imagine what your life is going to look like. You can picture your kids or your time, you have an idea of where you're going to be living. It's a nice period to work with. So picture what you want your business to look like in three years and get really specific. Think about the last questions that I just made you ask yourself. What time do you want to invest in your business? What role do you want to serve in it? What do you want your business to do financially? And, and who's going to be there to help you do that? Now, in order to make that happen, how many clients do you need to be serving? What kind of processes are you going to need to manage that number of clients? What kind of tools are you going to be using? As you start thinking about this, you're going to realize there's a lot of holes in what you need to 
piece together between now and then. And as you start to think about getting there, the beauty of thinking a little bit further out is that you're not gonna be building systems for what you need this year. You're gonna be building systems for what you need in three years plus. So if in three years you wanna be able to serve 100 clients, well, you better build a system that's able to do two or 300 clients this year so that when you get there, it's flowing nicely, okay? You're gonna do this all the way and then what you're gonna do is you're gonna take that three-year vision. You're gonna have an idea of what you think you need to have in place and then you're gonna go back one year. You're gonna say, okay, well, if I need to have these people, I need to have these processes and I need to have this kind of reach in place by the end of three years, what will I need in two? Well, I'm gonna to need to have these two people hired so that they're starting to get good at their jobs. I need to go clean this up. I'm gonna to need to figure out how to get a thousand leads coming in every month or whatever. And from there, I know what I need to do in two years. Then you do the same thing for this year. And it's gonna put you on the right trajectory. Again, you can assume that it's gonna go like this. That's usually what businesses do. They bubble, they start to grow, and then they, they move up really quickly. But map that out so you can start seeing what you should be hitting along the way and it gives you a plan that you can make adjustments if you're not on track with where you need to be. And then finally, I really believe that once you have an idea of what you need to do this year, you should do quarterly planning sessions to readjust. Again, I probably wouldn't do this my first year in business, you're probably a little overwhelmed, but once you start getting up to three, four, five, six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars in gross revenue in any business, I think that you should have structured quarterly planning sessions where you're mapping this stuff out. All right, the number one reason that your goal is stupid, the number one reason that your goal is stupid is you've actually got a great goal, but you aren't committed to doing what you need to do in order to reach it. And this is just a sad one because this is honestly probably the most common thing that I see standing between people saying that they have a passion and a vision for their life and their business and their family and their body and their mindset and their, their home and their lifestyle. It's the number one thing. I see people saying they want to live a certain life, but they don't actually have the, the willingness to live that life. Because guess what? A great life takes a great amount of work. People don't wake up with a six pack and a beautiful family and a bank account full of money by mistake, they build these things purposely. And the more time that you spend doing the, the little things every day, investing in your, your, your habits and, and growing bit by bit, chipping away at the boulder a little bit every single day, the more time that you spend doing that, the easier it is for everything else to come to you. But you've gotta be diligent. You've gotta have discipline coming out your ears. And unfortunately, most people don't hold themselves to it. So find someone, find someone to hold you accountable, partner up, hire a coach, go work on it yourself. Set an alarm a half hour earlier than you normally would and take a little bit of time to think about your goals and picture yourself getting where you're going, figure it out. Ultimately, it derails more people from where they want to go than anything else. So build some accountability around yourself so it doesn't happen to you. A great life is something that takes a great amount of work. Like I said a moment ago, don't let yourself get derailed by the simplest and obvious thing that's gonna hold you back. As always, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm really grateful that you took the time to spend listening to me. I had a lot of fun with this one. I hope that this gave you a gut check on maybe just one thing.
that might be standing in between you being where you want to be and, and where you are now. And as always, I'm grateful that you took the time with me and I'm looking forward to next week. We'll talk to you soon.